Well, in early 2021, uh, I was hired here at Trinity Streetsville, and of course, it's been awesome. Uh, Trinity is, I think, in a recent poll of Canadians, the greatest church in the world. Uh, what I've heard, that's what I've heard. I'm just telling you what I've heard. Um, yeah, uh, but uh, actually, starting at Trinity in, in 2021 was a little tricky because it was in the middle of the pandemic, and although we were super excited, there was this whole thing about, you know, do we sell our house, do we buy a house, do we do that now, or how, how do we navigate that? And really, really, really glad that um, uh, Dave Toyson, who's here today, who was the warden at the time and a, a big help to us uh, on the parish uh, selection committee, said, Rob, don't worry about it, the church actually already owns a house uh, that one of the previous uh, ministers was living in, and you can just move into that. And I said, Sally, what do you think about that? She was like, it sounds sounds like a good idea, but but of course, because it's a house, and this is going to be your home, you want to take a look at it first, and you want to make sure, because this is your home, you're going to be living there, right? And so so Dave said, no problem, no problem, you, we, we, you can come by, you can take a look at it, walk through, and then you can decide what, what you want to do. I was super, super appreciative of that, so we uh, we, we agreed on a time, and a few days later, Sally and I were driving to uh, Mississauga, and we wanted to get there a little ahead of Dave, uh, uh, because we thought maybe it'd be good for us just to get our own look at it first. And, and Dave had given us the address. He said it was 21 Amity Road, 21 Amity Road, and he would bring the keys. And so we, we drove the GPS, we pulled up, we pulled up to 21 Amity Road, you guys, and our jaws dropped because this is 21 Amity Road. It was beautiful. It was gorgeous. It was, you know, landscape lawns, beautiful rockery, two-car garage, you know, just a beautiful, uh, you know, was, everything about it was so lovely. Not only that, do you know that 21 Amity Road backs onto the Credit River? You have private access to the Credit River. In fact, uh, it has this big backyard. In fact, I peeked in the backyard, and there were unicorns running around <laughs> in the backyard. And, and Sally and I, we were just like, oh, my gosh. We only had two thoughts. The first thought was, this church is loaded. This church is absolutely loaded. And, and then our second thought was, who even cares about the church? I would take this job just for the house, just for the house alone. And so we were just, we were so enthralled. I, I, I think if I remember correctly, I scooped Sally up in my arms and I said, welcome home, my lady. And we started walking up the steps and started carrying her over the threshold. And it was at that moment that uh, Dave Toyson pulled in behind us on the, on the curb. And we're like, hey, Dave, how's it going? He's like, great, great. And, and, uh, and then in a way that, that only Dave can say, he said, oh, I made a bit of a mistake. <laughs> it's, it was, it's not 21 Amity Road. It's 26 Amity Road. 26, 26. So we, we turned and uh, we looked across the street. I, I think I just dropped Sally on the ground <laughs> at that point because uh, this is what we saw across the street. Now, okay, it didn't look quite like this, but that's how I remember it. That's how I remember the moments. Now, listen, don't get me, don't get me wrong. 26 Amity Road was also a very fine house. It's the kind of house that a real estate agent would say, it's got good bones, right? Or it's got potential or, you know, just a, a little bit of a fixer-upper. It just needs a little bit of, of TLC. And uh, uh, I got to tell you, for all that, though, it was no 21. 
It it wasn't the dream house we had hoped. There was no private access uh, to the river unless you count the gigantic flood in the basement, right? Uh, uh, And there were no unicorns in the backyard, although we did find the remnants of some sort of pet cemetery back there uh, that was a a little bit, bit creepy. But you know what? You know what? 26 Amity Road has been a great place to call home. You know what? It did have good bones. It does have good bones. It it does have potential. And we've even started to do a few renovations there of our own already. But I have to tell you, still every morning when I walk out the door to go to work and I look across the street, (laughs) two thoughts come to mind. The the first thing I say is, darn you, Dave Toyson. Uh, and uh, the, the second thing that I say is, hi to my neighbor over there at 26. And he's like, hello, Rob, how are you? I'm like, I'm great. He says, oh, the river looks beautiful today. And I'm like, I'll have to take your word for it. That's nice. Have a great day, friend. Have a good day. Oh, gosh, you know, I, I hope I'm not the only one who sometimes gets a little bit carried away when you start to think of your dream home. I, I don't know. You could be, be renting an apartment right now. You could be trying to save up for your first mortgage or, or you got your first place or, or wherever. I think all of us still do think of what the dream home would look like. The big kitchen with the double island and the bedrooms with the walk-in closets and the, the pool in the backyard and all these things, the games room downstairs, all of that stuff. But I think the reason that we call it a dream home is just that. It's a dream. It's it's not reality. We don't actually ever expect to live in a home like that. But today, today what we're here to talk about is not about the home that you live in or the, the place you call home. We're talking about instead your spiritual house. Spiritual house, you will say. I've never heard of such a thing. Uh, Actually, yes, that's true. You might not realize this, but you actually live in two different homes. There's the home or the apartment that you're in right now. That's your, your physical home. But then all of us also are a spiritual home. We are a spiritual house. And you say, Rob, you've lost me. You've lost me on this. Well, this is where we need to just remember what Paul said. Paul said, hey, surely you, you guys know, you, you know this, right, Trinity, that your body is actually a temple where the Holy Spirit lives. You, you understand you are a spiritual house that God lives in you And the Bible talks all about this spiritual life, this spiritual home that you are. And actually, it's the Bible's like a realtor that's really desperate trying to like sell this on people because the pictures of the spiritual home that you can have, the Bible talks about, just seems so like amazing and like such a dream house. Like, for example, Jesus says, hey, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, there will be rivers, just rivers of living water flowing from within them. And you think, man, that's, that's even better than the backing onto the credit river. That sounds absolutely amazing. Or, or Paul's prayer, he says, I just pray that you guys will be filled to the fullness of God, accomplishing far more than you could ask or imagine. That sounds amazing. What a spiritual life that is. Or Peter, Peter says just, he, he says, inside of you, that life inside of you, just rejoice with an indescribable and glorious glorious joy pouring out of your hearts. I mean, you read stuff like that, and you say, gosh, that is too good to be true. 
That is, that is not where I live. That is not the spiritual home I live in. Living water? No, 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 no. My spiritual life's more like a puddle in the basement, right? That is not me. I, that, this sounds like 21 Amity. I live over at 26 Amity. I'm not filled with indescribable and glorious joy. Actually, I'm kind of filled with anxiety and fear, and I have uh, all these uncertainties and discontentment and pain and boredom in my life. And so we may be tempted to say, all right, fine, it's a dream. <laughs> that spiritual life is like a dream dream home. You're never going to live there. It's great. Thanks, Bible, for showing me that picture, but that is not my reality, and it never will be. And when we think that, then we say basically that we're only, there's only three choices left at that point. You can just, it's, it's resignation. You can say, this is just the reality of my spiritual life. I have to just suck it up and get used to it. There's no changing it. This is where I live. This is my life. Deal with it, right? Or, or some people, they don't, they're not just, they don't just resign themselves, but they actually say, one day I'll be able to relocate to that great spiritual home when I die. When I die and go to heaven, that will be the day when all these things, this glorious joy, this indescribable abundance, that'll be the day when I'll actually be able to experience that. So, so I, I, resignation or relocation, a lot of us kind of just put it down to those two options, but there is a third option. And the third option is renovation. We can, believe it or not, renovate our spiritual life. Renovation means to make new again. So if your spiritual house is in shambles, and if the walls are crooked and the ceiling is caving in, it doesn't have to be that way. And you don't have to wait till you're dead and in heaven before you experience something better. An amazing spiritual life does not have to be your dream home. It can be your real home here and now. But you don't get there through resignation or relocation. You get there through renovation. And perhaps the most important scripture that we're going to come back to again and again over these next five weeks is this, that if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation, the old has gone, and the new has come. Now, Paul had a couple different words he could choose when he came to that, that, that Greek word for new. He could have chosen the word naos, which basically means to kind of refurbish or touch up, or he Instead, he chose a different word, kainos. Kainos is more like the jaw-dropping, look at what you've done with the place kind of newness. And that's possible for you and me. Do you understand what that means? Real spiritual change is okay. It, it's, it's doable for you and me. And it's not just for special saints or celebrity Christians that can experience this kind of thing. Look at the first word there. If anyone is in Christ, anyone can be made new. But the question is how? How does this renovation take place in our hearts? Well, that is exactly why Jesus came. Jesus came to accomplish the renovation of human hearts. I find it very interesting that Jesus' occupation, human occupation when he was on earth, was he was a builder, a renovator, or the, uh, the Bible would call him a, a, in Greek a tecton. That's what his human job was. But of course, Jesus didn't come to renovate homes in first century Palestine 2,000 years ago. No, he came primarily to renovate the hearts of people. 
You see, when Jesus wanted to change the world, he didn't start by, by going and, and trying to change the social structures and change the politics and change the big problems that the world was facing that day as if somehow then he could, you know, force, uh, change these things through like some kind of Im imposing a better world order. No, no. Jesus knew that the goal was instead to renovate hearts, and it was out of renovated hearts that the world would be changed. And that means that the changing of the world and the changing of your life is an inside job. It is not an outside job. Now, many people, even sitting here today, some of you will be like, I don't, I don't like teaching series like this, because this is going to be way too spiritual. It's all about the inside, the inside. But Rob, I'm passionate about making a difference in the outside. I'm passionate about making a difference in the community and, and righting the wrongs of society and confronting injustice and transforming the world and helping kids and helping kids in Honduras. That's the kind of thing that gets me excited. That's the kind of thing I want to do. I don't really want to spend five weeks talking about all this spiritual stuff going on inside of me, but don't you understand we live our lives from our hearts. That's where it all starts. The way that the world is now and the way that the world will be in the future is to a large degree what comes out of the depths of our being, what comes out of our hearts and our spirits. It's from our hearts that we make choices. It's from our hearts that our actions spring. So it all starts with the heart. So yes, you can look, the world has got famines and war and bigotry and prejudice and all sorts of suffering out there. But all of those things, maybe not all, many of those things are the outcome of human choices which sprang from the human heart. That is why Dallas Willard writes this. He says, the greatest need that you and I have, in fact, the greatest need of all collective humanity is the res renovation of our hearts. That spiritual place within you from which outlook and choices and actions come, that's been formed for so long by a world away from God, but now it must be transform. So yes, this is going to be kind of a more spiritual teaching series, but that's exactly what the world needs. That's how the world is changed. And when we talk about renovated hearts, just to kind of make sure we're all on the same page here, we're actually really talking about an ancient, uh, an ancient process that has for millennia been known as spiritual formation. Spiritual formation is the process by which our inner life is remodeled and reshaped into something. It's reshaped into something, spiritual formation. But this is where it's really important because not all renovations are the same. Not all remodelings are the same. In fact, you know this in, in real life. Like, look at this. Someone installs a faucet right over top of an electrical outlet. That's not a great renovation. Or how about this one? The shower that shoots into the toilet. <laughs> I don't understand that one either, right? This is one that I would do the, the, the drawers that are like kind of useless because you, you can't pull one or the other out. Or there's, I found this famous one on the internet that uh, somebody put shutters on their house. This is the famous poop house of uh, Omaha, Nebraska, right? So there are good renovations and there are bad renovations. There is good spiritual formation that you can have and there is some pretty nasty spiritual formation that you can have. This is the thing we have to get at. Every single person has been spiritually formed. The most wonderful and admirable people you know have been spiritually 
formed. And the most despicable people you know have also been spiritually formed that way. Terrorists have gone through a spiritual formation, but so have saints. So the question is not, you know, can we have a spiritual formation? The question is, um, we need a certain person to do this formation, and we need it to be to a certain end. So we don't just need our renovation done by anyone. We need it done by God himself. God himself, the Spirit of God, working in our hearts as the general contractor, if you will. And we don't just want to be formed into anything. We actually, the goal of spiritual formation is to be remodeled into the likeness of Jesus Christ himself. Here's where we often stumble, though, because when I say the goal is to be remodeled into the life of Jesus, so you look more like Jesus, we think of just doing a big patch job. Here's your wall. The wall's got a great big crack in it, so you think, okay, we'll just wallpaper over that. Now it looks a lot better. But of course, that doesn't get to the problem. If you really wanted to get to the problem, you're going to have to rip down the wall, rip down the drywall, figure out what the problem was in the first place, and then rebuild the whole thing. And in the same way, spiritual renovation cannot just be like wallpapering over our lives and acting a certain way, or saying things a certain way, behaving a certain way, praying a certain way, and think, now I'm more like Jesus. That's just wallpapering over the problem. And Jesus warned people again and again, this is not how spiritual formation works. In fact, once when he was talking to the Pharisees, he said, you know what you guys are like? You guys are just like, uh, you're like a cup or a saucer, and you're really good at cleaning the outside of the cup or saucer, but inside it's filthy, and no one would ever want to drink anything out of it. Or he does it again. He says, you know what you guys are like? You guys are like a tomb, but it's been painted up so very nice on the outside. It looks beautiful, but it's a tomb. And inside it is full of bones and it is full of filth. It is no good, Jesus says, to just look good on the outside. Oh, it may fool people and you may even fool yourself that, look, I have been spiritually formed. I, I'm doing really, really good. But I'll tell you, it is only a matter of time till those pipes in the wall burst and the wall crumbles down and, and we are all exposed for what is really going on inside of us. Jesus, Jesus isn't interested in behavioral modification. He's interested in spiritual renovation. So this summer, I got a bit of reading for you. You've heard me mention Dallas Willard already once or twice. He's written a lot of great books in his life. He passed away, but uh, this one is kind of in a category of its own. It's called, wouldn't you know it, Renovation of the Heart. And we're going to be referring to this book a lot throughout the summer, over the next, uh, throughout the next few weeks, I shouldn't say all summer. So I would encourage you, though, to grab a copy of this. You can get an audio book, you know, get, get the one for your Kobo or your Kindle or whatever the case may be, and read along. Because here's where we're going. We are going to move into your hearts, into my hearts, and we are going to go through our hearts almost like room by room and see the renovating work that needs to take place inside of us. So, for example, in a couple weeks, we're going to start by moving into one room, and that's our minds and our thoughts. Because the way we think and the way the images we have in our minds, and the ideas that we build our life on, that's a huge part of who we are spiritually. And sometimes those ideas need to be blown up and rebuilt. 
We need to renew our minds. Secondly, we're going to move into another room where we're going to start to deal with our feelings. And you might say, Rob, there's no changing feelings. The way I feel is the way I feel. It can't be changed. Actually not true. Spiritually speaking, even our feelings can be renovated and need to be renovated. And then we're going to move into another room. And this is the, the room that is all involved with our will and the choices that we make in life. And we need to realize that the choices we make have a big impact on the people we become, spiritually speaking. And then, and then, of course, relationships have another huge bearing on our spiritual life. So we'll move into another room later on down. Now we're in July by the time we get here. But we're going to talk about how to restore relationships and how those can just make our spiritual life thrive. And of course, though, next week, Eric Han's going to be preaching, and she's going to remind us that, hey, renovations are expensive. Any home renovation is expensive, as many of you will know, and the renovation of our hearts also has a cost to it. Are you willing to pay the cost? And so we're going to talk about counting the cost of renovations. Just a fun little side thing. As we're doing this series, at the very same time, Scott and Libby, so Libby, our worship leader, Scott, who is on drums this morning, are actually in the middle of a massive renovation in their own home uh, right now. And uh, we thought it'd be fun to, as we go through these weeks, to keep checking in with them. And so I just want to show you a little video. We went down there just as they were getting started. A bunch of church friends showed up. I must say, I, I seem to be the only one who dressed for the part. But uh, anyways, here, here's uh, where their renovation got started. All right, everybody. So here I am with the proud homeowner, Libby McGrath. <laughs> Libby, how are you feeling today? Uh, excited, excited, yeah. And well-loved with all the help that we're getting. So. Tell me, when you think of this house and what it could be, uh, what, what kind of comes to your mind? Well, I think it's going to be a good opportunity for our family to be able to, to share the space together. It's going to be good for mom and dad, and it's going to be good for us and for the kids for us to all be able to be together in, in one space. Does this project kind of overwhelm you? Do you get stressed out by this? Uh, yeah. I'm excited about the idea of the house, and I'm stressed about the reality of the house. It's a lot of work. We have another house. We have kids who are in school and programs. and. What is it that you really loved about this place? I just love that there's room for everybody here. Uh, and that we can grow into it. So as we move into different stages that are coming in the future, right? Um, that we'll be able to just handle those things and the house will support that, right? So. Now I'm standing here with the homeowner himself, Mr. Scott McQuay. You got yourself a bit of a fixer upper here. A little bit, it's more of a tear downer. Yeah, yeah, so tell me, what's the plan of attack? <laughs> That's right, Peter. Start somewhere and pull stuff out. Okay, and so what room are you working on here? This is gonna be, this will be my parents. Sweet. So this will be one of their spaces. Can we assess that? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, how long do you think a job like this is uh, going to take? Depends. Yeah. Depends how many volunteers from the church we get. Right. Okay. <laughs> Would you, you, this is a fairly big, it's a big, it's a big job. It's a big job. Let's get Rob to take down some, uh, some sheet rock. It's all ready for you, Rob. Absolutely. Here we go. All right. Then. I want a sledgehammer. <laughs> you want a sledgehammer? All right, fine. Take right. the sledgehammer. All right. All right. There you go, Rob. Keep there we go. I can just go right through here. Yeah, this isn't right. a load-bearing wall. So I'm uh, going to get my hands dirty a little bit today. going to show you some proper technique for the taking down of uh, drywall and demolition. So here we go. Yeah. 
kind of fun. And that is how we do that. There you go. So just, uh, just in ending today, here's a few takeaways I think we can take away from Scott and Libby's renovation uh, that'll help us with our own heart renovation. The first is this. The biggest step to making a home renovation is making the decision, committing to actually doing it. You may dream about doing it. You may talk about doing it. You may really want to do it. But until you actually pick up that sledgehammer and start swinging, you haven't really got going. Or you may been procrastinating doing this. Say, one day we'll get around to the kitchen. One day we'll get around to doing this bathroom, but we never get around to it. So, so the thing is, as this video made clear, you've got to commit. And believe me, Scott and Libby, they passed the point of no return. They are all in. They have committed to this process. And the same thing happens in your heart. There, it begins with a commitment in your heart to say, Jesus, Jesus, begin this renovation. It, it begins with almost a prayer like this from Psalm uh, uh, 37. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do it. Do you know how you tell if somebody on your street is serious about a renovation, right? The dumpster shows up on the driveway and then the safety fence goes up and then the porta potty gets plunked in the front yard. And it's then that the neighbors say, ooh, ooh, they're serious about this. They're going to do something over there. And the same is true in our lives. Certain things just indicate that we're getting serious. We commit to prayer and to study and to being in worship and to confession and to being part of a community. And when people see that in your life, they say, ooh, ooh, they're serious about this spiritual renovation. So, so don't just talk about it. Don't just put it off. Are you ready to commit to a heart renovation? If so, please just join us over these next five weeks and begin that process. The second thing that we learned from Libby and Scott's video there is that we need to ask for help. I mean, you saw all the, the folks from Trinity running around there helping them out. I mean, there have been many home renovation DIY people who have said, oh my gosh, I realize now I cannot do this alone. Spiritual renovation is not a DIY project. We cannot do it alone. We need help from each other. That's why here at Trinity, we're always encouraging people, be part of a group, be part of a life group, because the spiritual work that God wants to do in our lives best happens when we're in community together. But we also need to ask help from God because God is the one doing that renovation work within us. It's a spirit-driven process. So again, a renovation of the heart begins with a prayer where we're inviting God to do this work. Search me, God. Know my heart. Test me. Know my thoughts. God, point out anything in here that offends you and lead me in the way of everlasting life. Are you ready to pray a prayer like this? Can you pray a prayer like this? Trust Jesus, the master builder, but, but it begins with inviting people into that process and inviting uh, God into that process. The third thing is, is actually, I think, to prepare for the worst. Now, I haven't asked Scott and Libby how things are going down there, but my hunch is that once they got into it, they realized that things were not quite as simple as they thought. There's always a surprise. There's always something that it's, it's probably worse than it looks is the way it goes with renovations. And the problems are probably bigger than you think. And when we undertake a spiritual renovation in our lives, 
we may, we need to be ready. It's going to be worse than it looks in many ways. The problems inside of us are bigger than we first think. You might want to minimize those sins in your life. You might want to overlook the problems or, you know, oh, my anger issues. I don't really, th- th- that's, that's easy. We can do that later. Or, or my insecurity, that's an easy fix. Or it's no big deal, my addiction. But chances are it's worse. It's worse than it looks, and it's going to require more work than you think. Tim Keller, that amazing pastor who passed away just a couple weeks ago, said this, the gospel is this, we are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe, and yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared imagined. Prepare for the worst. Go deep. Go deep. And uh, finally, take your time. You know, these are renovations we're talking about, and very rarely does a renovation finish on time or finish on schedule. Usually it takes way longer than you think. I don't know when Scott and Libby are anticipating theirs will be done, but my hunch is it'll take longer than they thought, and they'll probably still be working on things long after they've moved into the house, still working on it. And renovating our lives takes a lifetime. We decide to begin this work today, but we'll be doing it until the day we die. And yet, here's the wonderful thing. Every day, the restored beauty of our lives will become more evident to us and to others as our heart becomes a more beautiful dwelling place for God's Spirit. So, on that note, we're all fixer-uppers. But real transformation is possible. Your dream house doesn't have to be a dream. It can be a reality. The old is gone. The new has come. So why not begin today? Jesus comes to you today with the blueprints in hand, ready to teach us new ways of thinking, new ways of choosing, new ways of feeling, new attitudes. So make the decision. Ask for help. Be prepared to go deep and take your time. Because, yes, renovations like this are lengthy and they can sometimes be painful. But in the end, nothing is more rewarding. So thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.